0: Seventeen. Mahomes takes it down the line. and straight option pitch. Pacheco on the edge from the eight. Mahomes on the run. Kelsey in the middle. Kelsey touchdown. And Lawrence losting it for Kirk. Got it for the touchdown. Christian Kirk on terrific play design. Around out of the backfield to the end zone. And the Jaguars respond and tie the game. Patrick saw the play clock running down. Got to this one quick. Hangs on very last second to complete it and it's a gain of four yards on that one for Blake Bell and Mahomes may have been shaken up as he was taken down. Uh Grabbed that right ankle right away and Uh in a lot of pain. Pacheco in a foot race to the sideline. Pacheco out of bounds at the five yard line and Kelsey in the end zone. For another touchdown. First and goal. Etienne bouncing to the outside. Cuts it up. And in for the touchdown. Travis Etienne has made this a four-point game. Go, go. And Mahomes steps up. Throws to the back. Touchdown. Marquez. Valdez. Scatling, Going quick from the nine. Gets it out. Agnew at the five. Oh. The football. Three in the pile. Four Chiefs are there. Pretty much the ball game of this recovery. Kansas City has it. But one more time, it's Kansas City playing for the AFC Championship.
1: Second down and eight. First pass play from Jalen Hurts. He's well protected. Walt Smith perfectly thrown. Inside the 35 as Smith beat Hadori Jackson for 32 yards. Third down and five. Hurts will look to throw. He's got it with a one hand Scattered in, touchdown, Philadelphia. Bubble screen, Devonte Smith got a block, got a touchdown. Eagles making it look easy. Boston Scott has been a giant killer in his career, trying to do it to him one more time. He is in. Boston Scott, another touchdown against the Giants. Second and goal. A juggle of the snap, Hertz found it, and there is the end zone ahead for another Philadelphia touchdown. Gainwell trying to get around the edge, and Kenneth Gainwell explodes all the way for another touchdown. Philadelphia is going to head to the NFC Championship game for the first time since their Super Bowl winning season. They sweep the Giants in three games this year. They've beaten them ten games in a row here in Philadelphia, and they left no questions on answer time. Welcome to
2: halftime of the NFL Divisional round. Half the field for the championship Sunday has been set, and each participating team has a Kelsey brother. I'm Jeff (laughs) Meller, along with Brian Hanley. Highlights you heard there, courtesy of NBC and Fox late last night, as the Chiefs punched their ticket, beating the Jaguars at home, despite quite a bit of drama in that one, and of course, in one that had far less drama The nightcap, the Eagles just thoroughly boat raced the New York Giants. And so we have ourselves some reaction to that. And of course, we'll be previewing the other games today, which has the Bengals and Bills squaring off for that other AFC spot. And of course, in a matchup that has lots and lots of history to it, the Cowboys will take on the 49ers in a game that will square those two off for the ninth time in playoff history, which will tie the record for most times teams have met in the playoffs brian instant reaction to yesterday's affair
3: well the you know i spent a lot of last night uh, a lot of the second half of the hmm. later game wondering what was the most impressive thing I, I watched yesterday and if you're a philadelphia eagles fan i guess you're spoiled for choice i mean was it mahomes gutting it out and coming back and, and that i mean that kansas city offense is just so damn efficient no matter who's it i mean chad Henney. Can lead you. And I know he's handing the ball off, but a ninety-eight yard drive. I mean, he just comes in and that, they just get it done, right? Yep. When when they're all holding their collective breath, wondering what what uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to look like, and you know the fact that he came back and was you know efficient enough and and got it done. It's a high ankle sprain, Jeff. So you know today I wonder how he's feeling because a lot of times that that's more painful than a break because you can set a break, right? Yep. But we'll see how it moves forward. But I mean. Was it the Eagles' defensive line? Was it their offensive line? I, mean, I I guess I'm I'm leaning towards the offensive line, even though the defense... I woke up feeling like Daniel Jones today.
2: It's um, <laughs> not a good feeling.
3: I, yeah, I mean, I don't... What, what was the most impressive thing you saw? Because, again, the Eagles just look like they've got it all going on, and both sides of the ball and both sides of the line, it's just so damn impressive.
2: I think my initial thought is that what you laid out and this is something i'd like to get into later in the show perhaps the blueprint that the bears can follow here but i think the eagles offensive line to me when i really look at everything that played out yesterday that was for me the most impressive display that was put on they just threw the giants around the giants never had a chance they didn't seem to know what to do with the different run options that the eagles showed them and they ran all of them to the point where by the time we had even reached halftime of that game and you knew it was over it was 28 sure. nothing and and there was no question the there eagles there was
3: no Jacksonville comeback no. or, or no. collapse going in yeah. and i
2: don't think anybody there was no way no how anybody saw that in the cards you could you de- you definitely could see that the eagles were thoroughly in control and dominating that one so it was just a matter of how long would the second half take because clearly the philadelphia eagles approached it vastly differently than the charges did last week. They knew how to run out the clock to never give the Giants an opportunity to even be involved in that one. But and you mentioned too, though, Mahomes that the story that's going to be the story all week, right? Like the what looks like a high ankle sprain is going to be something we're going to be hearing about and monitoring all day. Adam Schefter let everybody know on Twitter that he that Patrick Mahomes would be having an MRI today, and so they'll try and look into it and see what happens. But you're you're right. The swelling now is going to be something that. You wonder exactly what Patrick Mahomes is going to look like next Sunday because let's be honest, he was after that that first drive. First of all, let's not neglect that it was sensational. The Chiefs came out and looked, to your point, like that is a machine. Yeah. And when Patrick Mahomes is driving it, forget about it. When they're going well, it's impossible to stop. And remember, this is everybody knows this, but at this point what they're doing without Tyreek Hill, who last year you wondered if the offense would take a little bit of a step back because of his absence this season. That is not the case. Patrick Mahomes makes that thing hum like you wouldn't believe.
3: Yeah, he's going to have to take one of those bath bomb or bath uh, bomb uh, things that he does in state firm commercials, to get in the hot tub. Um, I, I just, just watching that offense, and again, it's just, Sometimes it's nickel and dime you down the field, but it just it looks effortless, right? It just looks like they could wake up in the middle of the night and do that. And, uh, you know, uh, Randy Walker, the, uh, the the great late uh, coach I covered in Northwestern, and other coaches said, a great football team, you could wake them up at 2 in the morning and put them on the parking lot, and they could they could go out and do what they do on Sundays, right? And that's how it just – it's just no matter who's in there, no matter who they're facing, it's just is it's it's, it's just a thing of beauty. If you like it, you know. If you like efficient it, football, it's they can go deep, they can go short, they go in the middle of the field, they can go around. I mean, it's it's a, and they do it year in year out. And I you know I know like everyone gets tired of seeing Nick Saban in Alabama doing what they, they did, and they didn't get a chance to do it this year. But when when you see a team like that, it, it, as a football fan, I really enjoy watching.
2: Oh, you're so right. When you think about it. For us, kind of un- unbiased observers here, because the Bears are not in the playoffs. Oh, so there's no, you know, we'll there's, get to them. <laughs> yeah, we will, certainly. But, you know, so to, to watch it, you can just appreciate the beauty that they, as an offense, like you said, when they're out there. And the thing I think of, too, Patrick Mahomes, what he's capable of. Like, you know, we there's comparisons. Guys like Josh Allen, you know, Joe Burrow want to be in that same conversation. Or people want to no, yeah. p- thrust them into the same, you know, same area that Patrick Mahomes is but the truth is what he's uh what he's capable of doing is it's peerless across the league because there's no guy in the league who has the mobility that he has when he's right but also can he has such an array of different throws where he can mm-hmm. be accurate and he's never afraid you know you see it seems like we see two or three different ones a game even yesterday Brian after He had returned to the game with the ankle injury in the fourth quarter. He throws a touchdown pass to Marquez Valdez-Scantling on a jump pass off of his left foot. When prior in the game, he had thrown a jump pass off of his right foot. And I mean, it just goes to show you he is in a class by himself. So it's so much fun to watch. But at the same time, you know, I'm concerned because, yes, this playoff or this injury that occurred yesterday could certainly shape the playoffs going forward.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It could, because again, it, you know, MRI today, just to see what, what damage has been done. But high ankle sprains, they can I mean, they could take six to eight weeks uh, to, to be 100%, and obviously he doesn't have that kind of time. And you can wrap it up, and he's he can tough it out. And I know everyone's applauding him, and rightfully so, for, for doing exactly that yesterday. But, um, you know, if the leg tells him otherwise, he might be at the a minimum limited to what he can do next week, let alone... I mean, he's going to be out there. He's going to give it a go. But we'll see what that looks like.
2: Well, and the truth is we all saw it. We saw it unfold yesterday that he certainly did not want to go to the locker room. But that was certainly not up to him. He spoke with Melissa Stark on NBC after the game.
0: Clearly. You did not want to come out of the game. You did not want to go in the locker room in the second quarter. What happened there?
3: Yeah, I did not want to, I did not want to go, and they kind of gave me the ultimatum of I wasn't going back in unless I went in there. So uh, uh, they're, they're trying to take care of me. Uh, we got a lot of great people over here, but uh, it's going to take a lot to keep me out of a football game. Do you
0: know exactly what the injury is? You said you took x-rays. They were negative.
3: Yeah, x-rays were negative. They haven't diagnosed anything yet, but uh, I'll be good to go.
2: His head coach, Andy Reid, after the game.
3: It would be like me
4: trying to ask you not to ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> No it's a, listen he's a tough kid and so he wanted to be in there he wanted to be competing and uh, and that's you know uh, it's a
3: tribute to, to him and his competitiveness however um, you got to make sure he, he's okay physically okay where he can protect himself and if
2: if he can't then he can't play you, I mean you have to go with the next guy but he's, he's a tough nut and he's very <laughs> when I tell you he's competitive he's very very competitive we all saw that it was interesting and you mentioned it Chad Henne comes off the bench Having not completed a pass all season long, and then leads a 98-yard drive for a touchdown. That was, I think, really stabilizing for the team because, of course, you see Patrick Mahomes, and they didn't know at that moment whether he would be able to return. But then to have Chad Henney, and you said it—you know—they they did rely on the run there, which was good to see the team be able to rely on some other skill players as well. well that's that
3: do. Matt Nagy thinking right there. You know, he he's a step ahead of everybody.
2: Um, uh, yeah, I, you know what? <laughs> I w- I did not see. Matt Nagy holding a play card. I saw Andy Reid have one. I saw <laughs> I Eric Bieniemy have one. I did not see a cutaway to Matt Nagy holding no. a play card yesterday. Why would, you,
3: why would you even, you know, yeah, no. I mean, you, you just the, never what, know. I mean, take at this the weapons point. away from people who don't know how to use them. Um, yeah, no, but Chad Henney, I, it's so I'm watching that. I'm just curious. Uh, do you have any idea how much Chad Henney's made in his career?
2: Oh, it's, yeah, you know what? I think I saw it. I don't want to spoil your little teaser here, but is it yeah. somewhere in the neighborhood like 37 million?
3: Almost thirty nine. Okay, I mean it's it's good to be a Chad Henny, and and you know it's funny. Andy, Andy Reid's like you have to go to the next guy. It's like he doesn't even know the next guy's name. He didn't say we have to go to Chad. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> but Chad Chad's been doing this what since two thousand eight, and uh, he's still banking. So God
2: bless him. And hey, look, it was a revenge game for him because, of course, uh, he came to Kansas City after playing in Jacksonville. That was actually where he got the uh, most significant run in his career way back in 2013 when he was the established starter. Of course, I think to your point about how much he's made, he's found a nice calling as a backup quarterback. I mean, listen, I don't think I think I'm not the first. I won't be the last to say it best gig in sports if you can be a backup quarterback make a very very long profitable living doing so
3: yeah it's too bad ryan pace is in a gm because he likes to give six eight 18 million dollar contracts to backup quarterbacks yeah no there's
2: no <laughs> doubt about that uh he's brian hanley i'm jeff meller 312-332-3776 we're reacting to yesterday's nfl divisional round games of course the chiefs beating the jaguars and of course patrick mahomes gutting it out in that one and of course what happened last night too interestingly enough while there wasn't much drama on the field in the post-game coverage the eagles head coach might have sparked some of his own drama we'll share that with you next here on espn 1000
3: follow
1: chicago's home for sports on twitter at espn 1000 this is chicago's home for sports espn chicago
2: With you here on a flurry filled Sunday morning not coming down too too hard but we've definitely got a little bit of a dusting here downtown inside the old National Bank studio on State Street I see am- I'm
3: getting nervous Jeff because this week you start hearing people talk about hey you know it's been a pretty mild winter right and, and it has and but it's you know it's like you' you're just you know testing' you're, you're, you're just challenging the, the weather gods to let us let us have it at some point. But yeah, this is nothing. But you always hold your breath if you've lived in Chicago your whole life, life like I have. You know what February can bring a lot of. Time. Oh
2: yeah, I, I definitely. Once the football season wraps up, and I always cross my fingers and hope that because it's been pushed back now so far into February, the Super Bowl, that is, that I always cross my fingers and hope we can get through, navigate, you know, the first start of February without too much crazy weather. Because obviously for us here in the old uh, sports talk radio profession, it is a very busy time. So dealing with the inclement weather that can be chaotic at times when you hit, get hit with, you know, feet of snow is always problematic so uh, i'm with you just uh, no need to jinx it let's just cross our fingers and hope we can get through with this mild winter but uh, yeah not not too bad today on the drive
3: we're still thawing out from christmas weekend you know from the sub-zero but but that's really been the only Things we had to deal with, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to check in and discuss yesterday's playoff action, maybe preview the games today with us, which we will be doing throughout the show. We're also going to check in with Teddy Greenstein about ten thirty as he gets us set with uh, the action today. We'll pick his brain for all the latest line movement, what he wants to share with us, and where he thinks the uh, money should be going today. As again, the Bengals and. Bills kick things off today in Buffalo. And then, of course, the 530-ish kickoff between the Cowboys and the 49ers, which I imagine will do a monster rating today, Bri, because uh, the Cowboys, they are box office. That is for sure. So I mentioned it as we were heading to break. uh, Philadelphia Eagles really never was in doubt yesterday as soon as they got the ball took it down and scored they set the tone and the giants clearly were not playing the vikings anymore that was more that that was never more appearance than early on in that game but what was interesting was of course everybody was wondering okay jalen hurts we know that you know he has played at an mvp level all season but he suffered that shoulder injury against the Bears at Soldier Field in the fridge attempts that you just mentioned. And he had been dealing with the shoulder injury. He came back in week 18 when the Eagles needed him to clinch home field advantage. And he played okay. They got by against the Giants team, coincidentally enough, that was not playing any starters because they were locked into their playoff position. So the Eagles kind of scratched and clawed their way to a win in that one with Hurts returning to to the field, but not really looking like himself. So the question was, well, is Jalen Hurts going to be able to operate like the player he has all season long? And sure enough, very early on, we saw that he was more than capable of doing what he needed to do. Now, whether or not he's truly back to being where he once was, that's that's certainly debatable. But Nick Sirianni set the tone last night in the press conference, throwing, I'm going to go ahead and say it, Quite a bit of hyperbole at his starter quarterback.
4: I know this is high praise, but to have him out there is like having I, I shouldn't even go there. But like, his having like Michael Jordan out there, like he's your leader. He's your leader. He's your guy. He's your like, like that's hopefully that's the biggest respect I can pay to him. Uh, compare <laughs> comparing to his ability to be on the field uh, to a, to a Michael Jordan type. Like this guy leads. He brings this calmness to the to the entire team. He plays great football. Um, he's tough as, 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 as they come. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, there ain't nobody has played any better football than him this year. Michael
2: Jordan, throwing it out there. He's not a
3: LeBron guy. We, he settled that one. He's not a LeBron guy. Who's the best of all time. Um, yeah, that's uh, high praise indeed. Did has has Jalen ever punched anyone in practice like Michael used to do, just to you know get their attention? I don't know. I don't who, would know.
2: Be, who would be the Steve Kerr on this uh, Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles roster? That is an interesting question. And uh, not Gardner Minshew. He's he's definitely he's got more personality than Kerr did during his playing days. Hmm. I'm going to continue to look through their roster, but yeah, uh, Kerr
3: never rocked a mustache like that. Either. Yeah.
2: No. No. Hmm.
3: I mean, but look, look what Hertz did in the, you know, coming right out at uh, seven for seven, 89 yards in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Now, again, the offensive line, you know, kept everyone off him. So, God bless him. He and the, the spring shoulder wasn't going to be in danger because they had, they had zero pressures, I think, in the first half on him when they were throwing. But, I mean, again, the, this Eagles team, I don't know, you know, from where you're sitting, what it looks like, but. Uh, it's going to be. I assume they're going to be a, a Super Bowl team, and I assume that they're going to give maybe Kansas City all they can handle if they continue to do what they did. Now, I, you know the Giants. I can't figure them out, Jeff, and I, I can't figure Daniel Jones out. Looked really good last week. Looked awful last night. What do you do with him if you're Brian Dable and the Giants? And my old college roommate is a diehard Giants fan, you know, for mm-hmm. a lifetime, and I, I, I kind of feel for guys like that because. Unlike Bears fans, you know, I feel for us because we've lived through I, I'm not even mediocrity for my lifetime. Um, but once you get in there and then you lay the egg like that, it, it brings all all the questions to the fore. It's like, OK, you got into the playoffs, but which Giants team and which Giants quarterback do you have here? And what do you do with him this offseason? How do you move forward?
2: No, it's it's a it's an interesting question that the Giants are going to have to deal with, I think you know they declined his option in similar fashion to the way the bears did with Mitch Trubisky because they weren't convinced that he was going to be the starting quarterback so they certainly didn't want to be on the on the hook for that that, that even though sure. That 50-year option, it's its a decent uh, you know, number for most teams. At it's the not same, what it used to be. At the same point, you don't necessarily want to commit to that number if you're not sure that he's the guy or even close to that. And that's where the Giants were at before Brian Dayball had an opportunity to work with him. I think what you see is that Dayball, more than anything else, you know, puts quarterbacks in position to succeed. He did that with Josh Allen. He helped develop him in Buffalo. And now that he's gotten an opportunity to work with Daniel Jones for one season, he, you know, he looks like he's unlocked the potential that Daniel Jones has. But then, to your point, he kind of reverts back to the guy that a lot of people were concerned he was for the long term. What I will mm-hmm. say is, though, and they mentioned it on the broadcast light last night, Joe Davis and Daryl Johnston on Fox, is that there was that one play where he was in the pocket. And he, he it was now as later in the game, mode in third or fourth quarter, and he was rolling out and he just completely lost awareness yep. of the clock in his head right like and, yep. and uh, i'm trying to remember which eagles pass rusher they've got five ridiculous you know hmm. guys Swirls who can get choice. to you yeah. um it might have been brandon graham who ended up coming from the blind side behind him after he had rolled out of the pocket and that was something that daniel jones had done so often in previous years that it was it was comical it was like you can't be an nfl quarterback and not recognize that you don't have you know you have you don't have that much time to operate in the pocket. You need to know that at a certain point. He kind of reverted back to that. What I will say is, like, when you put him in position, like they did last week against the Vikings to, you know, play from a positive game script, you know, when you can rely on your run game and you're not chasing the game, I think he can be, you know, a solid quarterback. The problem is, of course, when you get into a position where you need him to bring you back, I don't know if that's ever going to be something that Daniel Jones excels at. In fact, I would probably say I highly doubt it. You know I think for the the Giants is going to be a matter of okay, how much money is Daniel Jones looking for, and how much are we willing to spend? I think it's probably like a short term deal for him right like a two or three year deal where yeah, but they and pe-
3: when that that tells you all you need to know what they think about the guy, and so then are they looking for a quarterback in the draft? are they looking for Derek Carr if he gets traded Ooh, um I think I, I think
2: I, mean, I think Derek Carr just ends up being an, a you know an older version of and probably less athletic, Jones. exactly.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. But, I mean, it's just like, if you're Brian, you know, you got Brian Dable, and, and you know, he you know, he was going to be a Bears coach or he was in the mix, and, and obviously uh, he, he chose the Giants over the Bears. That's my reading of it. Um, but, I mean, if you're only giving him, a, like, a two-year contract to figure it out, then I don't, you know, what do you do within, do you immediately go to the well and, and get, you know, draft someone this year, even though the quarterback class is all that? I mean, i just And now, all the talk about where Brady's going to end up if it is Vegas. Um, And and conversely, when you're talking about Jalen Hurts, isn't that what Justin Fields has to aspire to be? Oh, there's
2: no doubt. Yes, absolutely. That is the perfect player, the perfect comp, the guy you look at in the league, his skill set, where you say, okay, this is what the Bears should try and do. Now, what, you know, and I thought about this too, and. Maybe like I don't want to get too far into it because I do want to expound on the what the Eagles have done because I was also texting with uh, with Sylvie and Waddle a little bit last night and I do think because Sylvie you know Sylvie finally this week came around and gave a little bit of praise and love for Daniel Jones because he's been you know a non-believer for the longest time and then after his game against the Vikings he said you know this week I think actually on Friday he was like you know what I guess you got to give him a little bit of uh, credit for turning things around. I do think if you just flipped Daniel Jones and Jalen Hurts and the roster they're on, I'm not. I'm not sure that the result would have been drastically different. Now, I do think wow. Hurts is, you know, I do think Hurts is better than Daniel Jones, but I think Jones has a similar skill set. And the problem for Daniel Jones is that when you look at the Eagles roster versus the Giants roster, position by position, it almost. In every facet, you would take the Eagles player sure. over the Giants player on almost offense and defense. And so I think the problem was they were out, you know outmanned, overmatched in that game last night. And so it just it looked like a disaster for him because they just didn't have the skill set to match up with the Eagles last night.
3: Uh, you know, I can't argue with anything you just said, uh, but it, it At some point, you got to be if you're you're the franchise quarterback mm-hmm. or are you going to be an elite quarterback? It has to look better than that, no matter what's going on around
2: you. There's no doubt about it. He's Brian Hanley. I'm Jeff Meller. We'll continue to discuss yesterday's action, talk a little bit about the Bears as well. I do want to explore what the Eagles have, how they've built their roster, and the blueprint that the Bears should follow, which is theirs. We'll talk about that next here on ESPN 1000.
1: Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Uh, uh, uh,
5: hey,
2: uh, Mellon Hanley on ESPN 1000. You can watch us on Twitch today and every day. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. You can also listen on ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2 or the ESPN Chicago app. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to jump in and talk about yesterday's games, you have some thoughts on the action today, or of course, we're always your home for Bears conversation as well. Now, Jay is in Homewood. He wanted to weigh in, Brian, on uh, something we were talking about a little bit last segment: Daniel Jones versus Jalen Hurts. Jay, you're now, on with Miller and Hanley. What's going on, man?
4: Now, Jeff, I love you, man. But when you said you can pluck out Jalen Hurts and put in Daniels, that threw me. I almost, I had to stop my car, man, and call in. I love you, Jeff. I think I, think I caught Bry
2: off guard, too, Jay.
4: So, <laughs> you can make that statement, man. I mean, come on.
2: No, JJ, I'm not saying that. JJ, hold on, though. I Jaylen, just want to clarify, though. Hold okay. on. I'll let you keep talking. About, hold on. I'm just saying, yes, Jalen Hurts is a better player, but I think we've seen enough from Daniel Jones this year where if he, if if he had the skill position players, the offensive line in front of him that Hurts has, like, that was the true mismatch in yesterday's game. We didn't get to see Daniel Jones operate in a position where, you, listen, when Hertz has been fortunate, Jay, he hasn't had to bring the Eagles back much this year. They've been dominating every time they step on the field.
4: I, yeah, I, but I, I do understand part of that. It's just sometimes, and I'm, I don't, don't want to mix apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. It's just that when we look at the criticism Stay with me here, because I, I I'm, I'm making the connection. We look at the criticism that was uh, that was put forth towards Fields mm-hmm. and how certain people, not all, but certain people were ready to jump ship, so to speak, uh, of a sample size that was less than two years, significantly less than two years. But then you look at a fan base in New York, how they stuck with their guy, Daniel Jones. He had his record was I think five and nine, four and seven, and nine and well, let me get it right. Uh, let me just say this. <laughs> he, uh, if you look at his, his, his record, he was 3-9, 5-9, 4-7, and this year he was 9-6. The fact that New York stuck with him, and I ask why, and how certain players, how certain people in Chicago were willing to let go of a very small sample size that we had with fields. And so sometimes I think we, say, we, we make comments and we don't realize how certain people can perceive somebody, some of the statements. And it's just how certain players are judged differently for different reasons. And, of course, you all can draw your own conclusions. And uh, And I don't think it's intentional, mm-hmm. but when you look at the body of work and you'd be like, huh? And it's fascinating to see. And that's why there's a need for the Rooney Rule. That's why there's a need because you have to have people outside of the good old boy system to weigh in on certain things and say, did you think about that? Because sometimes we, when we rubber stamp things, and everybody has similar views and backgrounds and and ideas, they don't mean that they don't mean to say certain things or see things a certain way. But that's why you have to have people with different views to come in and say, "Think about that, real quick." And when you have that, you have an organization or a system that works. But you have to have a difference of thought because if not, we get caught up in our our, our, our monolithic kind of view, and it can be unintentional.
5: Jay,
2: no, listen, absolutely. I... Jay, I agree with everything you just said there. I like there's no doubt for the longest time, you know, and Brian's been, you know, covering sports for, you know, I learned a lot about sports through reading Brian and listening to Brian for many years, and so he can talk about this as well. But you're absolutely right. I do think we've seen some progress, quite at least some quite significant progress over the last twenty or so years, you know, to the point where you can look around the league and see. Lots of black quarterbacks excelling like they probably should have been for plenty of years. But you're right. There still is, for amongst some people, a double standard that shouldn't truly exist. I agree with all of that, Jay. I guess back to my point, though, I do think Daniel Jones can be a starting quarterback at a high level in this league. He's not, I, again, he's not, in my opinion, as good as Jalen Hurts. But I think if he was surrounded and working with the same talent that Jalen Hurts has, I think, again, I think, if you flip the quarterbacks yesterday, I think the Eagles still win that game if Daniel Jones is their starting quarterback and Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback of the Giants.
4: Oh, I mean, I don't – This, I, I do believe that Daniel's he will be a quality quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I just think to flip it and say that they're going to garner 38 points, I just don't. But, Jay, that's I just
2: not – Jay, Jay, that's not what I said, though. Again, I said Hurts is better, but I think mm-hmm. the difference is – the, the Eagles win that game thirty-eight to seven. I think if you flip the quarterbacks and Daniel Jones is the start of the Eagles and Hurts is the start of the Giants, maybe it's thirty-one to fourteen, maybe it's twenty-eight okay. to seventeen. But well, I think the Eagles are a significantly better team.
3: Let me ask you this: If if you flip quarterbacks, are the Eagles going to win a Super Bowl, Daniel Jones? I think and 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 will the Giants win one well with Jalen Hurts?
2: No, the, I mean, that's the what, Giants it, are not winning one with, with either, I think, Jalen Hurts or Daniel Jones.
3: Well, I mean, if you move forward, if you if you take Jalen Hurts and say, that's my quarterback and here's Brian Dable, they're going to win a Super Bowl eventually. I don't, I don't know when that is. As we sit here today, Daniel Jones is never going to win a Super Bowl. He's just not, okay? I, I, that, he's, he might be a, a very good quarterback, and he might get you in the playoffs uh, every now and then or maybe every couple of years. That's not that guy. He's not that guy. Jalen Hurts is that guy.
2: Just good enough to get you beat. See, I don't, and I guess I haven't come to that complete conclusion just yet. Again, uh, I'll go back to, I think, like, Howie Roseman deserves a lot of credit for putting the Eagles in the spot where they're at right Absolutely. now you know like consider Absolutely. um it's interesting we played the highlights at the start of the show bry you hear joe davis talking about you know the eagles are going back to the nfc title games you know and, and it hasn't been they haven't been there since when they won the super bowl and i'm like that was 2017 you know like what what do uh, you like yeah, i, I, I know like right? it's ancient you know, history yeah, or something right. meanwhile you're just thinking you okay me? uh yeah. what the interesting thing about it is the way they've overhauled their roster right like for the most part the, the only real significant pieces still on their roster from that team that won when Nick Foles was their starting quarterback are basically Fletcher Cox and Lane Johnson. Those are, you they, know, those are the two significant pieces left.
3: They overhauled everything, the yes. coaching staff, the roster. But, I mean, to, to, to the quarterback conversation, mm-hmm. I mean, Jalen Hurts is a top 10 in almost every passing category, and he ran for almost 800 yards this year. And he missed a couple games because of the sprained shoulder. I mean, we know that Justin Fields can run. You know, he got to 1,000 yards. We need to see him be a guy who can be top 10 in, in many, if not most of the passing categories. And i you know, I'd love to sit here today and say, I know that's going to happen. I don't know if that's going to happen. It's uh, certainly possible, and I'm not jumping ship on Justin Fields. But, you know, like our caller just said, it, it's a, you know, you got to give him more of a sample size and you have to give him more around. But yeah, I just, I, I, that's what Justin Fields has to aspire to be, and that's what certainly Ryan Poles has to be able to figure out by putting things around him, just like the Eagles have done with Jalen Hurts.
2: No, absolutely. You know what? I'll. Uh, it's a perfect opportunity here since we're discussing it. Field Yates was on with Waddle and Sylvie on Friday, and he was talking about Justin Fields, and the Fields-Hurts comparison came to Fields' mind.
5: Sometimes it's easy to just make these low-hanging fruit comparisons, but obviously Justin's growth, In year two, reminded some people of Jalen Hurts' growth in year two. Look what happened to Jalen Hurts in year three. I know that A.J. Brown was added, and that was a big reason why he took a step forward, Uh, but also Jalen, just his determination to become a better player from the pocket really helped. And I think that while Justin's legs are always going to be extremely, extremely dangerous to opposing defense, where I think he gets even better in future years is he'll run, no doubt about that, but he can also beat you from the pocket. And at that point, When you're a defense facing a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, where he's at right now and like where maybe Justin Fields can be by next season or shortly thereafter, your best game plan defensively might just be divine intervention.
2: Interesting to hear Field field Yates talk about uh, Hurts and Fields. And it is. It's what you look at across the league, what blueprint the Bears should follow. The Eagles are the one. Now, can it be replicated? That's the question. The good news, at least so far, things can certainly change over the next month or so, but Ian Cunningham, who knows, who helped Howie Roseman build up that roster because he was in Philadelphia before he came to be Ryan Pohl's right-hand man here in Chicago, even though he's he's garnered you know a, a couple of looks so far mm-hmm. in the interviewing process to become... A GM, he has not secured a GM position just yet, so maybe, just maybe, the Bears will be able to hold on to him for one more season. And I do think that would be a very fortunate thing for them because I like the fact that Ian Cunningham was there and saw Howie Roseman how he went about building up this roster, and so to be there with Ryan Pulse, I think, will be a huge benefit. But again, it I, I feels like a couple things too. It, Jalen Hurts, Brian, he what he did, the work he did this past off season to help make himself a better more accurate passer in the in the middle range of the field was tremendous and he really did do a good job of bec- like that's something I never knew he was going to become as an, right? you know as a passer that was always my concern was the accuracy I knew he could run I knew he could throw deep I knew he had that arm you know I knew he had Shrink, a cannon yeah. The question was could he be accurate enough as a passer? And I think Nick Sirianni, he deserves a lot of credit too because he's put him in an offense where he can go through his progressions quickly and, you know, find the open guy in the middle of the field. And now he's finally been this season more accurate than he ever was.
3: Yeah, and that's what we still need to see from Justin and maybe Luke Getsey, you know, make it drawing that out of him because we've seen him rush through his progression. We've seen him you know decide to run even though he's got time in the pocket um you know all that stuff has to come together and it has to come together rather quickly
2: the encouraging thing I think is there's been moments where we've seen Justin at times especially later in the season before the weather got really ridiculous at points where he would you know go through progression there were moments where it looked like he was actually getting better so I think I don't think Justin Fields will not reach his potential because he's not willing to work. That's the one thing, no matter no, what, I'm absolutely. convinced of. I've been sold on him, and that's why I do think we can continue, continue to talk about, and we will for a long time, about what the Bears should do with the first-round pick. His work ethic is something that I don't question in any way.
3: He checks every intangible leadership, effort, want to. Uh, I've got no questions on any of the, 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 that part of the makeup. Now we just need to see the football development in, in terms of passing.
2: That's Brian Hanley. I'm Jeff Miller on ESPN 1000.
1: This is Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000.
5: I just, I mean, I think the world of him, I think he's awesome. I think he is one of the greatest things that has happened to the NFL this season. And I think that Um, If you don't think that a big driving force behind what took place this year is a player's work ethic, then I think you're kind of just missing the boat on Justin Fields. So if we learned nothing else from Justin Fields, we know that he cares a ton about being a winning football player, even if the wins were were hard to come by this year. He cares about being great, and he took major strides that greatness.
3: A
2: little more from Field Yates there on Waddle and Sylvia on Friday, re-emphasizing just what we were talking about there last segment. Meller and Hanley with you on ESPN One Thousand up until eleven o'clock. Teddy Greenstein is going to join us around ten thirty today. To give you all the latest information you need for today's games, what you uh, need to be aware of as the uh, line movement comes in, what the sharps are doing, what the joes are doing. He will the pros versus joes, as they like to say there, Bry. Uh, but interesting from Field Yates there on Friday with Waddle and Sylvie, and I always to perk up and listen a little more carefully when Field Yates says something because, for those who are unaware, Field Yates got his start inside the kansas city well he didn't get his start Uh, actually he was with the chiefs i'm trying to remember he started with the patriots and then moved to the chiefs when scott pioli went there and the man who was amongst his intern class of course was the one and only ryan poles who is of course the general manager of the bears so when field yates speaks about the way the bears feel about someone like you know justin fields i tend to perk up just a little bit more and put a little more stock into what he's saying.
3: And you absolutely should for, for those reasons. And, you know, one thing about a couple of things about Justin Fields, and, and I think we're all in agreement that the, the want to, the, the makeup, the work, he's going to work as hard as he needs to. You know, one of the knocks on Mitch Trubisky was not that he didn't put the work in, but that between the years, the football IQ wasn't ever going to be nearly good enough to be, an elite you know be to to reach the heights that obviously ryan pace had for him and that was his limitation you know the the offense you couldn't just keep putting stuff on his plate because he really couldn't digest it and i don't when you get to that point in your career and you're in the nfl i don't think that changes i think justin fields is is a much more intelligent quarterback than we had in Mitch Trubisky. And that's why I think people still believe the ceiling is very high for hopefully well what is a franchise quarterback here?
2: Yeah, no, the learning curve for Justin Fields, you know, or and it, and probably as it is for someone like you look at the other game too, Trevor Lawrence playing, who mm-hmm. took you know playing his college games at uh, Clemson, where there's such a huge talent disparity amongst your players versus the guys you're lining up against every Saturday. And oh, by the way, Trevor Lawrence no longer undefeated on Saturdays, um, but. <laughs> you know, that's the that's that's the learning curve for someone like Lawrence or Justin Fields. It's that, hey, you know, I need to figure out how to maybe throw guys open, because when I was in college, I knew that my receivers with four three, you know, four two speed yeah. were going to beat the cornerbacks who were running four fives yeah. trying to cover them.
3: Yeah, they were in the a different uh, zip code. And from I, yeah. The cornerbacks. Yeah.
2: And I knew the line could give me enough time to allow him to beat the the DB who was covering him. So there would be just, okay, you just need to wait till he gets open, then you can throw to him. That's the learning curve for Justin Fields. It's not the ability to read the field. And so that's the transition I think we're waiting for him to make. But, you know, back to, again, Jalen Hurts and what he showed us last night. I I do think that when you you look at what, what Hurts brings to the table... It's not exactly the same, but you look at when a healthy Patrick Mahomes, you know, what he he can do, the mobility outside of the pocket, how that changes the defense. There's nothing that will drive a defense more crazy than having, you know, your lockdown coverage in the secondary, you know, ready to go, holding it, holding it down for four, four good seconds. And then all of a sudden the quarterback breaks the pocket. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, the jailbreak rules are in play. And then you don't know, do you have to, do you have to leave your man to try and cover him because he's going to be breaking the line of scrimmage or is he just waiting for you to make that one, you know, ill-fated move where you, start to show that you're going in towards, and then he's just going to loft it right over your head. The quarterbacks who pose that threat, which Jalen hurts, Patrick Mahomes, we're going to see Josh Allen do it today. You know, those guys are in this era of football, the most impossible, you know, to defend it's, if you have one of those guys, you're playing a different type of football than, than most teams who don't have that guy.
3: Yeah. And we talked about it last week, uh, uh, last Sunday, you know, what, what, how do you upgrade the wide receiver uh, position here with the Bears if you're Ryan Poles because the free agent list is not all that impressive and we talked about how in Jacksonville they they took a what people thought was more than a leap they thought they made a crazy move in getting Kirk and it's worked out just fine for him um, but that's that Ryan Poles has to do something uh, guys like Saint Equinemius Saint Brown you know people are like oh he could be a solid number two next year Pro Football Focus <laughs> had him like yeah among the top. Ten worst rated, uh, you know they graded out the offensive players, and he was like five. And you know, God bless him, he is who he is. He he's not a one or two. I mean, he could be a three, but you you if you're Ryan Poles, you got to find you got to find something to give Justin Fields that opportunity to make that leap this year, right? And it's I going to take some creative thinking as as the Bears GM as he heads into this off season.
2: Yeah, this is two where I, I feel like we're still, um, you know, Field Yates talked about. Um, you know, making that leap for Justin Fields, you know, and maybe he could do what J- Jalen Hurts has done in year two to year three. I think the problem is the roster for the Eagles was already in a better position than where this bear. We we've talked about it a lot on this station that there are so many holes everywhere for the bears that they need to get better at that. I don't anticipate we're going to see a year two to three leap from Justin Fields that we saw from Jalen Hurts this year, just because it's going to take a little bit more time, you know, You're right. The wide receiver position needs to be upgraded. And and honestly, I think even, you know, casting uh, St. Brown as a three is, you know, you might do it next year just to help you get by, but I think that's even kind of generous. I think in the ideal situation, he's your your fourth or fifth receiver, right? And then that way you can rely on him in different sets as a good blocker, a good run blocker, but you don't have to ask him to be a game breaker. And if someone gets hurt, if he's your number 3 you're not asking him to step into be the number 2 role a starter on the on the roster because he's just not that level of player amen and, and so that's what but you've got lots and lots of holes we've all talked about and on the offensive line you know Tevin Jenkins outside of you know uh, a few games this year when he was healthy where he did show that mean streak looked like a uh, like he could be a building block but the reality is he he, he hasn't played enough for you to be convinced of that, Braxton Jones <laughs> is a nice story. Played every snap for the Bears, but I don't think I'm. I'm not convinced he's a championship caliber left tackle. He might be a nice swing tackle. And-
3: I'm with you. I hope Jesse Rogers isn't listening to this season. He's got a man crush on him, and I, you know, he's a great guy. And you said a great story. But if you can't upgrade the left tackle position, you're not trying, I mean, that's you know, is is as, as much as Braxton's done and worked at it, and and made himself into. A piece that's a dependable piece, you have to upgrade. You have to upgrade. And you're right. Tevin Jenkins, I mean, Pace was the only GM in the league who envisioned him as a left tackle, and now he's a right guard. And and I'm with you. You haven't seen enough. You've seen flashes and, and went healthy, but he hasn't been healthy. So who knows? But it's, you, you've got to, you know, you have to redraft some positions, and you have to the the whole list of the to do list is is immense, and it's not one off season list; it's a multiple season list.
2: No, absolutely, and then you know, so those two players are the one are the glimmers of hope on the current offensive line, but again, they're not by any means, you know, somebody that you can say for sure are locked in pieces, and the rest of it needs a complete overhaul in all yep. reality so you're almost talking you're talking about three fifths minimum that the offensive line can use a huge upgrade at and then the the front seven in particular your defensive line which the eagles showed you last night was a huge difference maker the eagles had 70 sacks this season 15 more than the next closest team in the league they were dominant right So for all the talk about Jalen Hurts and can Justin Fields follow that path, the reality is the Eagles on the offensive line and the defensive line are so much farther ahead than where the Bears are currently at.
3: And I I would love to hear from Bears fans because, you know, we're starting to see mock drafts come out and everyone's got one. And, you know, it's all opinion. Mm -hmm. But if that so, you know, much spoken or written about trade with uh, the Colts doesn't materialize and – Poles is going to utilize that first overall pick. A lot of people have him go to a defensive lineman and a guy can get to the quarterback. And if we're sitting here spending uh, the last half hour talking about Justin Fields, as we should, because that's, it's all about the quarterback. Then we you make an argument? It should be on the offensive side of the ball as bad as the defense was. And, and that's because Poles made it, you know, traded away your, your legit guys to help accelerate the, the rebuild. But If you take that first overall pick, is it a hands-down slam dunk that you're going defensive lineman, or do you have other thoughts if you're a Bears fan?
2: He's Brian Hanley. I'm Jeff Meller here on ESPN 1000. Up next, the Bears introduced their new team president this week. He joined Carmen and Yurko. A lot of interesting things to say. We'll share some of that with you in two short minutes.